Hi, it's Buster with Living Light Outdoors. Thank you for tuning in and following our podcast. Speaking of which, have you ever considered starting your own podcast? I chose Anchor because it was easy. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you again for following and supporting Living Light Outdoors. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another mobile podcast from Living Light Outdoors. I am uh, homeward bound today, traveling back from Missouri. I had a great weekend with Peterson Outdoor Ministries. A great time with fellowshipping with uh, family. As we develop family everywhere we go, it seems, in ministry. And just love the people that we get to be with and hang out with. And uh, God has blessed us with uh, a great group of people to, to surround us. Uh, to be in ministry with, to fellowship with, that iron sharpening iron going on on a regular basis, it seems like, and I've really had some uh, some good times. I um, was absent from the, the live feed today, coming from the office there, and uh, I actually failed to get uh, to get a message put on that we wouldn't be on live this morning, but uh, traveling back now, and I just wanted to share a little bit of, little bit of stuff out of my heart with you right now that... Um, message I heard this morning, a uh, very good message, solid message, um, and, and just really wanted to kind of expound on it a little bit, kind of kind of give you some of, some of what I took away from it. Um, I was asked actually this morning following the message, what did you take from that? What, what is it that you take away from that? And, and man, there's so many things that I could have. Uh, the, the, the story being told this morning was about the Israelites coming into to, you know, crossing the Jordan uh, right as Joshua starts, the book of Joshua starts coming out of Exodus, and uh, the Israelites being led into the promised land. And there was a, uh, a particular segment, if you remember right, in, in, in biblical history, you know, Moses sent the spies out into the promised land. He sent 12. Um, Ten of them came back scared to death, basically saying, we need to turn back. We're, we're not going to be able to conquer these giants. We can't do this. Two, however, seeing the fruit of that land and recognizing that God was going to bless them. So when when Joshua sent the spies in, he only sent two. He he sent two faithful guys who had a heart after God. Now this is where the story gets interesting. They um, when they get to the city of Jericho, Jericho is a fortified, walled monster. I mean, it's a big city. It's it's got it's got an army inside of it to protect it. It's got walls around it. I mean, we see the, the, the story of Jericho unfold later on. But in the midst of this, these two spies are seen in Jericho. And, and they're recognized as being from the Israelite army, from, from the Israelites, from this godly army that's advancing into, uh, into this region. And so they, they, they go to hide and... and the harlot is what the Bible calls her. She was uh, Rahab was a prostitute, and and she took them in and hid them, but she did so asking for something in return. She asked them to to basically give her blessing, 
give her clearance, protect her and her family uh, when this when this onslaught came from the Israelites and they destroyed the city. So in doing so, there were so many things taking place here. You could, man, you can pull this message so many different directions. But what really struck me strongly today was she when she hid them on the rooftop of her house. Um, her house was in the outer wall, you know. So that, I mean, there's a lot of things that play into this of of God putting His hand in their midst, you know. Um, she lets them escape by by putting together a, a rope of garments, if, you know, and letting them down the outside wall. But in, in, before she let them go, she basically said, you know, how will I know that I'm protected? And, and he said, surely, as, you know, as you allow us to live, God will protect you. And he, and he goes on to talk about, you know, here's what you need to do. You know, when the time approaches, gather all of your family into your house. Make sure they're all in your house. Because it's only those who are in your house that are going to be saved during this time. But get them all into your house, and, and when you've done so, tie a scarlet cord on your window. And that will that will basically say that that you know this is the window, this is where the family is, you know, we're we're the ones who helped the Israelite army, the army of God. And the Bible describes, I love how it says this in Joshua, and you can kind of go sort this out. Uh, I can't I don't know the exact scripture references right now. I didn't study this out. I'm just kind of going based off of what I feel about today. But as you look this up, what you're going to find is something really striking. At least it was to me. Because it said that she immediately tied that scarlet cord to her window. They had just left. They had just, the, the two spies had just escaped. They had just given her this instruction so it was going to be a while before this attack actually took place. It was going to be a while before the armies of God came against the city of Jericho. But yet her obedience was immediate. And, and that's what struck me. Man, the minute he said it, it's like, oh, yeah, that's good. Because I, I caught that. You know, our obedience to God needs to be immediate. See, God, God asks us to trust him. He, he asks us to put our trust in him, our faith in him. But he also asks us to be obedient to his word. We can have all the trust in the world. I, we, can, we can say, God, I trust you. God, I, you know, I believe you're going to deliver me from the mouth of the lion, whatever it might be. But if we don't have the obedience to back up the trust, if we're not being obedient to his word, obedient to his calling, that trust is going to go in vain. I mean, here's a scenario for you. I heard this story. I thought it was, it's actually kind of comical, but yet it has, it does actually carry a lot of weight with it. There was a big flood coming. We'll just pick Louisiana because Louisiana's had it rough, right? There's a hurricane coming. Big flood waters, the water's starting to rise. And here's this man of God, and he's at his house, and he's crying out to God, Lord, you know, I know you're going to deliver me. You're going to save me from this flood. Well, along comes one of them big old raised up four-wheel drive, one of them redneck trucks. Got the big old tires on it. Probably had some mud flaps hanging in the back. Maybe an antenna flopping around. But you know what I'm talking about. The big four-wheel drive truck jacked up way off the ground. And the truck comes in and the guy yells at him, hey, man, climb in. We'll take you to dry ground. You'll be safe. And the man yells back, no, sir. 
God's going to deliver me from this flood. So the truck leaves. Well, the water gets a little higher, and now it's up inside his home, and it's getting deep. And along comes a, a, an airboat. You're in Louisiana. you got to use an airboat, right? So here comes this airboat, and it pulls up to his front door and said, man, get on board. We'll take you to safety. We'll get you out of this flood. And, and the guy said, no, sir, y'all go on. God's going to save me from this flood. Well, the next thing you know, the man's standing on the roof of his house because that's the only thing left visible. Water's clear up inside his house. Only thing left is, is he's standing on the rooftop, and here comes a rescue helicopter, probably the Coast Guard. And they come along, and they you know use the microphone and, and the big bullhorn. They yell down, sir, get hold of the rope. We'll lift you up out of this, and we'll fly you to safety. And the man waves him off, and he said, no, sir. He said, God's going to save me. I trust God. He's going to save me. So the helicopter flies away. Man drowns. He winds up in the heaven. He's standing before the Lord, and he's upset. He's a little frustrated. And he said, God, I don't know what happened. He said, I trusted you. I, I trusted you to save me from this flood, and here I am, drowned. Now I'm in heaven, and, and, and my life on earth is over. I don't understand what happened. And God said, well, you, you might have trusted me, but I sent you a four-wheel drive truck. I sent you a boat and a helicopter, and you chose to follow things your own way. There was no obedience, so the man drowned. I know that's kind of a quirky story. It's kind of a funny story, really, when you think about it. But, but when you realize the fact that we can have all the trust in the world and, and lose out because of the lack of obedience, we have got to learn to be obedient with the things that God has called us to. And, and that means a sensitive heart. That means listening for that still, small voice that we talk about. Letting God speak into us with a whisper that we, becomes, that we, we get our ear so close to the Lord. We draw our life so close to him that we can hear that gentle whisper as he calls us out and that we obey the very word he gives us. You know, I've shared with you the story of just a few weeks ago, me in the garden, and I was crying out to the Lord. I was a little upset, you know, me and God's having us a little come to Jesus meeting out in the garden, and I'm and I'm, I'm frustrated, I'm struggling, I'm, I'm scared, and I'm I'm, I'm I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. And I'm calling out to God. And he simply told me something very simple, get in the mic. And I, and I knew what he meant. I knew he meant to get on this microphone and share these messages and to share them out every day. I've been doing that now for several weeks. I'm not going to take his promise. I'm not going to take the trust I have in him and not follow up with obedience. If I were to look back and think, well, you know, God, I really don't think that was you telling me to get in the microphone. What good is it going to do to get in the microphone? But that's not, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to get in that microphone every day from now on or, or until he speaks something differently to me about where I'm to be or what I'm to be doing. I'm simply going to be obedient to whatever it is he's given me. You know, when I was in Durango, my very, very first youth pastorate, I felt like a failure. We hadn't been there very long, and I, I was basically being released from the church. They couldn't, you know, there was turmoil that had happened, and wasn't any way to pay me anymore. They were going to release me from my duties, and I, I was distraught. I'd sold everything I had to be in the ministry. Had nowhere else to go. 
I'm like, what am I going to do now? And I, and I, I began to cry out to God, and I said, God, I, I have failed you. I haven't, I haven't completed the task that you've called me here to do. And God spoke something so plain and so clear to me that it was on a Sunday morning during worship. He said, what's your definition of success? What do you call success? And, and, and for two weeks, I contemplated this because God didn't give me an immediate answer. I began to search out, what is it that I call success? And when I look at it from a ministerial perspective, obviously what I see success as being growth, lives being affected, people's lives being changed, people coming to the Lord, a church growing and, and expanding. And, and I'm, but I'm thinking, well, how else could it be? And I've failed you, God. None of this is going on in this ministry that I'm a part of. And, and two weeks later, again, standing on the platform during worship at our church, God said, that's not how I measure success. I measure success by your obedience to my calling. Man, that's huge. Somebody on here needs to hear this today. God measures your success by your obedience to his calling. It's not about how many notches you put on your Bible edge for how many lives you've led to the Lord. It's not about how many revivals you hold. It's not about how many times you've attended church. It's not about how much money you've given in the offering. It has absolutely nothing to do with any of that. It has everything to do with obedience. If we're not obedient to what God has asked of us, nothing is going to pay out from it. We, might, we can do everything in our power, but we can't buy our way into God's presence no matter what we do, through actions or through finances. It's through obedience. So I, I'm going to challenge you today to spend some time with the Lord. Get, get in your quiet place. Get in that prayer closet. Spend some time speaking to the Lord personally. But more than anything, listen. What is he saying to you? A ask him, God, am I in the right place? Am I being obedient to what you've given me to do? Am I being a good steward of the calling that you've placed on my life? Am, am I following through with what you've asked of me? Am I being obedient to your word? God, I trust you. I've, I've always trusted you, but I'm not so sure I've always been obedient. And without the obedience, the trust is in vain. I want to leave you with that today. I want you to contemplate. I want you to chew on that. Where are you in your obedience to the Lord? Those who are obedient, nothing held back. God's grace, God's mercy, God's provision, God's favor, God's hope, God's peace, whatever it might be, is going to be poured out to you. It's all in the obedience to his calling. Giving of yourself to the Lord. Being obedient to what it is he's given you to do. Amen. Man, God bless you guys. We love you. Uh, we, we thank you for all your support. Thank you for partnering with Ron and I as, as we travel this journey together. We're trusting. We're trying our best to be obedient to the Lord right now. We're in it. We're in a, we're in a challenging stage. Um, this is a different place for us. We are really putting our faith and our trust to work here, uh, but we do trust. And, and we're being as obedient as we know we possibly can be to whatever it is that God's got for us to do. It's, it's, it's here, my Lord, send me. 
And I pray that you find yourself in the same place. This is our time. This is the, this is the time of the remnant. This is the time of those that are hungry to rise up, take their rightful position, and allow God to use them in these end days, in these last days, to, to, to start a forest fire of his presence. We are the fire carriers. We're the ones carrying the fire, and, and we're, all we got to do is look for the tender, look for the dry places, and allow his fire to begin to consume everything around us. Amen. We love you. We thank you for, for following us. Thank you for sharing our podcast. Uh, man, continue to do so. If you can support us financially, we'll appreciate you for that, too. There's lots of ways you can do so. Our giving links are on our website, www.livingloudoutdoors.com. You can find it on the web page. Uh, you can find it on our Facebook page. All kinds of ways to give to this ministry to support us and the things that we're doing. God is taking us to a new place. Uh, we're trusting him for that, and we're being obedient to him. Amen. We love you. God bless you. We will talk to you again real soon.